Hello, and welcome to another Vet Team Training Podcast. My name is Amy Newfield, and I'm both the host and owner of Vet Team Training. Please check out my brand new continuing education site at vetteamtraining.com. I'm very excited. It's education for everyone in the veterinary profession, but only veterinary technicians and veterinary nurses are the educator contributors. So I'm really excited about that. So today's topic is definitely going to be a little bit of a hot button topic. You know me, I like to throw myself into some hot water. And so just to be very clear, this is just my personal opinion. And also, let me be very clear. Here's the other caveat to that. The clients that are cranky, that are verbally, physically abusive, berating, belittling, and bullying our hospitals... This is not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about your average client. You know, the other 95% of our clients that day to day, you know, come into our hospitals and they really don't do much of anything wrong. Maybe they have a small complaint about the bill or maybe, you know, they've got a slight bobble about the level of care, but overall they're decent human beings. They're normal people. Like I like to say, they're normal people. They love their pets. They do the best they can with the finances that they have, and they come into our hospital. And unfortunately, I'm seeing an increased rise of demonizing our clients, and it's across the board. Now, the ones that are terrible, again, they probably should and deserve to be demonized. But what's happening in this industry is we're blaming a large percentage of all of our problems on all clients when all clients are not the source of an issue. So I want to kind of break down some steps for us to manage and deal with our emotions when it comes to clients, even those that are slightly cranky, again, not the ones that are threatening the staff or verbally abusive to the staff, but just kind of being a little cranky. I want to take a trip down humility lane because my younger version of my vet tech self was actually a very different person than my current 2023 version of who Amy Newfield is as a veterinary technician today. And it's very interesting because as you're in this profession longer, you would think that you would get crankier, you would get more cynical, you would get snarkier. And and listen, there's some level of that probably within every single veterinary technician, veterinarian, practice manager, veterinary assistant, in CSR, we all kind of have this shell that we put on so that we can deal with the day-to-day issues that are going to crop up. And we tell ourselves we're fine. You know, we kind of put this armor on and this is how we manage our feelings. A lot of times it's not healthy. I look at that and go, man, that's not healthy. But my younger version of myself was really cynical towards client. I actually saw them as the issue. And a lot of you have heard me lecture before, and it comes as a surprise. I think a lot of you think I'm lying about this, but I'm actually an introvert. I would rather just spend most of my time completely by myself. And it's not to say I don't have friends or enjoy hanging out with my family. I do, but I have to take that in tiny spurts. I think extroverted people, they want to go out all the time. They want to go see all the people, do all the things with all the people. And you know what I enjoy? Amy enjoys running in the woods by herself. She enjoys scuba diving. Yes, there is a buddy partner that I I scuba dive with, but here's the thing. We can't talk under the water, so it's really lovely. And even though I talk a lot for my living, honestly, I just like sitting in my own silence. And so this comes as a bit of a shock, but I went into this profession because I am introverted and I really did connect with animals. My dog, Molly, I've written about her in my very first book in a tribute, much of the career path that I'm currently on because of Molly. I had this fantastic relationship with a dog that 
absolutely put me on the career path that I am today. You know, as a child, if I saw an injured animal, I wanted to help it. I wanted to save all the animals. I wanted to be around nature. I wanted to have all the animals in my life. And when I graduated from high school, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. I actually majored in wildlife management and then ended up finding veterinary technology. And just that I knew this is what I wanted to do. But here I was, very young version of Amy Newfield, vet tech, graduated from school, and I'm thrusted into a general practice. And there's so many people. There's so many people. And these clients are so demanding. And I'm going to pause and I'm going to say this was in the 90s. The 90 version of the pet owning client was way less demanding than the pet owner of 2023. And we are all more demanding. I think our threshold of patience and waiting and, you know, even kindness has gone down dramatically because of the Internet. The Internet's a very great thing, but we're so used to getting everything we want at the tip of our fingers you know, we can just push buttons, we can find information, we can get tickets immediately, we can book things faster than we've ever had. And when someone doesn't respond to us in a nanosecond, we're angry with them. Some of us are visibly angry with that person because it's been 30 seconds and they saw my message and how dare they haven't replied. So we understand that clients are very impatient because we're all very impatient. Don't think that you're the most patient person in the world. You definitely are not. Most of us, when we want something, we want it now, and we generally can get it thanks to technology. So here we are in this environment, very introverted. A lot of us are very introverted people. Again, we like pets more than we like people, and there's a ton of people. And, you know, the clients of the 90s are a different beast than the clients of 2023. So how do we manage that? And we manage that a lot of ways of blaming the client for simply being a client. So let's put ourselves in their shoes, okay? We have an advantage. We work in veterinary medicine. We know a lot of stuff. And so I'll give the example of a tick. I mean, we see ticks in New England like it's going out of style. It's starting to be spring here and we are in tick country. If you look at any CDC map of where we see tick-borne diseases, New England is at the top every single time. Uh, in fact, Lyme disease was named after Lyme, Connecticut, which is only an hour south of my, where my current house is. So ticks are literally crawling all over dogs and cats at, during the spring and especially the fall months when it's that nice, cool, warm weather. They just love that weather. So for us, this is not a big deal up here because again, we see these bugs crawling on dogs and cats all the time, not a big deal. We just have become immune to it. But to a client, a first time puppy owning client, oh my gosh, it is a crisis. And so think about if you knew nothing about veterinary medicine. All you know is that Lyme disease is a terrible disease that people live with for their entire lives and they have, you know, physical ailments and mental ailments from it. And now your puppy, your brand new puppy, the fur, your brand new fur baby, it has an attached tick. And you have never seen a tick before in your life, which sounds crazy, but some people have never seen a tick before in their life. It is attached on your puppy. You are now on the internet. You're freaking out. You're calling the veterinary hospital and you get a client service representative who is talking to you about how to go ahead and remove this tick. And now you have questions. You have lots of questions. What kind of diseases are my brand new puppy? My puppy's not even vaccinated. I've had it for three days. I let it touch the grass. It now is a 
authentic on it. What do I need to do to prevent this, to stop this? What diseases do I need to worry about? And you're asking all these questions. And the client service representative is being amazingly kind and compassionate to you because they go ahead and make sure you get the information you need. You hang up the phone, you think everything's great. And then on the other end, the CSR does the following thing. They hang up the phone and they say, you're not going to believe this. I was just on the phone with a 20 minute like lunatic client. She's losing her shit. She was losing her shit. I mean, going on and on. I, mean, I guess she just got this puppy from the shelter and it has a tick on it. I mean, like who cares? We see ticks every single minute. Are you, I mean, like this is, I don't have time for this right now. I mean, phones backed up. I don't even know how many client calls I had to put on hold for this is so ridiculous. This is the most ridiculous thing that I've ever had to deal with. I mean, and then I'm instructing her. I was like, this is how you take it off. And she was like screaming on the phone. Oh, I don't want to touch it. And I was like, do you have gloves? And she's like, I don't have gloves. And I was like, well, then go to CVS and get gloves. I don't want to have to drive. Well, this isn't my problem, lady. This is how we talk about our clients. This is how we talk about our clients for literally the most mundane things. And again, this isn't the clients who are literally causing mental and physical harm to our staff. I'm not talking about those. This is just a client who asked very solid questions. And yes, maybe there was a lot of emotion behind it, but they have never seen a tick before. They've got a brand new baby and they don't know what to do. And they called a veterinary medical professional. And yet we treat them fine on the phone, but then we go on and on and on. And so we have to stop demonizing clients because in this situation, this client isn't a demon. They're a normal human being. And so many of our clients act like this. They act like people who just don't know about veterinary medicine and we treat them fine. Most of us treat them very well. Some of us, let's be real, cynical and condescending. And you have a bit of an attitude when it comes to these clients, please don't do that. So treat them very kindly. But then afterwards, the after effect is your knee jerk reaction is to go make fun of that client, hang up the phone, make fun of them, berate them, belittle them, bully them behind their back. Because why? It makes you feel good because you don't have time. You do have the time. That's actually your job is to take care of this client. And while you think the other things are piling up, your job is to be fully present for that client. Make sure they feel really good about that. The situation that you've answered all their questions because they're going to be a client for life. And so I understand right now we are very short staffed and sometimes these long engaging phone calls that we have with clients, they can take a while. So let's point them to tools and resources online. And it's okay to say to that client on the phone, I understand you have a lot of concerns. I would be worried too. And you're right. My goodness, ticks really are gross. Can you send me an email and I'm going to go ahead and respond to you with some links of how to take the tick off, what Lyme disease is, but in short, I want to tell you the following. This is not a big deal. This probably isn't even going to be his or her first tick or last tick in life because we're in New England. And the video I'm going to show you that I'm going to send to you is actually going to give you step-by-step instructions of how to take that tick off. Boom. Now we get off the phone. We've provided all the tools and resources, resources to that client, and we don't need to continue to complain. So here's why demonizing clients in general is very toxic to our workplace environment. We work in an emotionally charged and labor intensive profession. We are standing on our feet all day long. We've got literally life and death situations that we're dealing with. And when we give our energy away to stupid stuff, when we literally give away our energy emotions to stupid stuff, then we become more exhausted and we contribute to our own burnout. Let me repeat this. 
you're contributing to your own negativity and your own burnout. We've got other more important things to do. We've got to take care of other clients. We have to take care of saving animal lives. We have to go into the next surgery. Complaining on and on and on about clients that really haven't done anything just adds to our layer of exhaustion. When you go on and on and on and on and on and complain and complain and complain and give away all of your energy, then you're exhausted. I want you to think about one of the worst days you've ever had in your life. We've all had a really bad day. You fought with somebody, you cried, you screamed at someone, you know, for hours on end. Uh, Something terrible happened, your anxiety was through the roof and you were in a really negative headspace. And, And in that moment, how did you feel at the end of the day? You felt exhausted and there really probably wasn't anything that you could do to fix it other than maybe just crashing into bed, maybe had a drink, maybe had a joint, whatever it was, try to get yourself to sleep. It was terrible sleep. You woke up several times in a panic. You just thought about the day's events. You went to work exhausted the next morning because you had given away all your energy. So throughout your workday, whether you realize it or not, these little bits of complaining All you're doing is giving away your energy. Every time you get off the phone and complain about a client, every time you come out of an exam room and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I had to deal with these stupid questions or I can't believe this person, you know, questioned me about this one thing on the bill. And we go back and we start giving away our energy and we start going, oh, you're not going to believe this. You know what they were complaining about? The medical waste fee. And I had to explain to him what biohazard was. And I was like, listen, this is a standard fee. It's on a lot of our bills. It's called a medical waste fee. You don't even understand how expensive it is to dispose of medical waste. And this is, you know, bodily fluids and it's sharps and it's, you know, sometimes it's all those things. And this client, she just didn't understand. Why are you charging $50? Are you charging $50 for a pair of exam gloves? No, it's not the exam gloves. I'm charging $50 because it costs a lot of money to actually run a veterinary hospital. And I was like, yeah. And so then I told him exactly what was up and he just kind of looked at me, but I'm not taking it off his bill. Are you kidding me right now? My goodness, can we just stop? Just stop with the complaining. What are you doing? Does does the venting feel good? So let me explain to you about healthy venting and not healthy venting. We need to keep our venting in check. So I'm gonna repeat that one as well. We need to keep our venting in check. One, you're giving a lot of energy away for what? Nothing. All that venting doesn't do anything. So there is a level of venting that is healthy. It's just a few minutes in length. You get it off your chest and you feel better. You feel better. You feel like there's closure because someone else listened to you. Someone else took in that venting and they made you feel good by saying, ooh, that sucks. Oh, I'm so sorry. Blah, blah, blah. That's healthy venting. The non-healthy venting is when you go back to your team, you're just blah, 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 blah. They're nodding their heads like, Yeah, you know what? You're going to get another client who complains about medical waste fee, who talks about the tick, who, you know, complains about X, Y, and Z tomorrow or later on, even today. And they're just nodding your head in agreement, mainly just to shut you up. Do you feel good at the end of the venting? No, you probably don't. And and maybe you get on a laugh with your colleagues, but again, all you've done is given away your energy. It's exhausting. I want you to think about those two scenarios from the client who's complained about the medical waste fee to the client who's going on and on about the tick. And instead of complaining that CSR, that veterinary technician, veterinary assistant listens to the woman about the tick and the brand new puppy 
says, oh my gosh, yeah, no, I, you have every right to be worried. Here's how we get the tick out. Here's, you know, I promise you, you know, if your puppy comes up with the symptoms, we're here for you and here's what to look for. And honestly, it's not a big deal. This isn't going to be the puppy's only tick in life. Hang up the phone. Don't say anything. Don't complain. Just go on to the next call. What do you do in that moment? You keep all your energy for yourself. Doesn't that feel a lot better? Now you come out of that exam room, you've explained the medical waste fee, and here's what you rationalize. Client didn't understand. They didn't know what medical waste was. They didn't, you know, once they understood it, they didn't continue to complain and ask for it to be taken off. They just said they thought it was a really high price. And listen, if I didn't know how high prices were here, I might also ask the same question and also complain about the same thing. Let it go. Move on to your next client. Keep your energy. And that's really important for us to realize that demonizing clients hurts ourselves. But here's the other flip of that. It hurts our team. Remember when I went back and talked about venting and I said, you know, healthy venting is where you go, blah, 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 blah. And the other person goes, ah, that sucks. Oh, that's sorry. Do you hear what I said? That other person. There's another person in this picture when we're demonizing clients. It's not just us because we don't stay silent about these tiny little complaints we have regarding the majority of our clients. We're now venting and putting it on to one of our teammates. Now, one of our teammates is listening and bringing in this negativity. They're bringing in the toxicity and they're having to listen to you. And the vast majority of our teammates that listen to us are going to believe us. Now they believe that client was the devil. They believe that person was terrible. They believe your hardship. They feel, and we're very empathetic individuals in this industry. So now they feel your anxiety. They feel your negativity. They feel how you were upset and angry. Even though you were very nice to that owner on the phone, they feel all of your pressure to have to get off that client call. And they feel all that and then they take it in. So not only are you giving away your negativity, guess what you're doing? You're putting it on somebody else over stupid things. Literally stupid shit. I'm gonna say it, it's stupid shit, people. You're complaining over stupid stuff most of the time. Now. Let me be clear again, when a client bullies you, berates you, um, you know, threatens your staff, is arguing with you, those are times that it's valid to give away our energy, to have maybe those mini vent sessions, to talk about it with our team and say, listen, I just got off a phone call. This guy just started screaming at me. This woman, she was just so angry. This person would not stop. And they said, they're suing our hospital. Oh my gosh, are you serious? Those are times we need to, our energy because we need to come up with problem solving. Is there something we need to mediate? Should we done something differently? Let's talk about that. But all these other little things, not a big deal. Here's the other thing. When we have a more positive mindset and our team has a more positive mindset to clients, we embrace them. We actually embrace them and they, we feel like we're not only helping the pet, but we're helping the client. And this is something that my younger version of myself never considered. So I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast how I've changed and I was that person who got off the phone call. I was that person that anytime anybody complained about any little thing, I internalized it and then I complained about it to my staff. I made everything into a big deal. Mountains out of mohills, right? That was young version of Amy Newfield. But now I look back and I realize with a different set of glasses, I can see things in a completely different way because I'm putting myself in their shoes. They don't know. 
they don't have the funds. They're just asking a simple question. It wasn't an attack on me. And when I realize, okay, they're doing those things, I can embrace that client. When we embrace that client, we actually get to embrace the pet better. We're able to go ahead and do better care because we've embraced the client instead of demonizing the client. And that's really important. We have to recognize that it's a team response. It's my recommendations, but I also need the owner to be part of this team. And ideally, obviously, we want the pet to be part of this team as well. So when we can get the medical part on that team, and we have the client and the pet on the team as well, we really do approach things in a very different manner. When we ostracize the client and all we do is focus on the animal, we pigeonhole ourselves into potentially not offering the best care, avoiding conversations with clients, or God forbid, they actually find out we made fun of them. Now, we're always going to need to poke fun at clients a little bit. I mean, human medicine does this as well. They poke fun of their own human medical patients. If you're any a part of any of the Facebook or Insta groups, I mean, they post funny memes of, you know, uh, people are very terrible themselves. They end up in the ER for stupid reasons. And you kind of have to make fun of those things a little bit. But it's the, it's again, the constant negativity, the constant complaining. I mean, for me personally, I'm always going to go ahead and make fun of someone who's using one of those retra retractable leashes. You know, immediately, as soon as I say retractable leash, a lot of you are like, oh, I know. Am I going to go on and on about it and have it ruin my day? No. Am I going to go ahead and make fun of that client to the point where it's, it's relentless and I'm making it into, again, mountain out of a molehole? No. I'm probably just going to say to my team, ah, retractable leash. And they go, uh, the end, that's it. That's where it ends. You didn't give away a ton of your energy. That's fine. We're always going to need to do those things because we have to laugh at sometimes stupid stuff. We do. We have to laugh at the stupid stuff. Um, that's how we get through this job. I don't want everybody to like think, oh, we can't, you know, make fun of or enjoy a little laughter here and there. No, every job, every job from Walmart employees to Home Depot employees, to Dunkin' Donuts, they all make fun of their customers at least a little bit. But there's a difference that's happening in veterinary medicine. There's just those funny little one-offs, those funny little ha-has, those funny little slight annoyances, and we move on versus the constant complaining, the constant negativity, the constant belittling and bullying of clients behind their back, the constant, like, if clients only did this, if clients only did that, we would be less stressed out. We less be burned out. We have to recognize that clients are going to question our medicine. They're going to question our bills. They're going to ask us a lot of questions. That's who they are because that's what we would do. We love our animals. If I didn't work in veterinary medicine, I knew nothing about vet med, I'd be asking a hell of a lot of questions to whoever I got on that phone. I probably would drive them nutty. I might be an over-demanding client. And at times, listen, I don't have a ton of money. I'm probably going to nitpick the bill. And so when we just let all of that other stuff go, we can move on with our day and we can have a much more positive, relaxing day and give our energy to the places it needs to be, like the patient care or potentially the clients that really do need some of our energy because unfortunately they are those negative clients to the point where I need to now exert some energy. But the clients who are just doing these one-offs, you know, the uh, hey, I have a question about this thing on my bill. And we explain and they go, well, I think you charge too much. Let it go. Let it go. I think I'm paying too much for eggs right now. I don't, you know, I don't personally complain to the cashier, uh, but 
Hey, there's plenty of people who probably do complain to the cashier. They probably walk and be like, oh my God, can you even believe $7.99 for eggs? Blah. Cashier is probably sick and tired of listening to that. these people complain about the cost of eggs in 2023. You know what the cashier does? They let it go because they want to keep the energy to themselves. This podcast was not meant to say that all clients are perfect and wonderful, but you know what? 95, maybe even arguably 98% of them truly are. They're normal people, like I like to say. They're very normal people with the same concerns about their finances, the same concerns and worries about their patients, and the same, they they just don't know. They don't have the knowledge like we do. And when we can put ourselves a little bit in their shoes and realize it, it wasn't an attack on us, they just didn't know. And even if they complain that something is a little bit high, listen, I've complained a lot about the cost of a lot of things lately. I don't let it ruin my day. It is what it is. And that client's probably not going to let it ruin their day either. So don't let it ruin your day that they've made one comment about your hospital's bill. It's okay. We all do it. And it's okay to question us. All those things are very normal. I hope that this has you looking at clients in a different way, recognizing that you might be adding to your own stress. And if you happen to be the younger version of Amy Newfield, stop being the younger version of Amy Newfield. Be the more older, well-seasoned vet tech version of Amy Newfield, where she looks at things a lot differently, has a greater compassion for clients and looks at where they're coming from rather than constantly going around the hospital and complaining about every little thing. Because I did that. I was that person. I complained about every little thing a client did and I thought it was the biggest deal in the whole world. Let it go. Let it go on social media. When you see people post these stupid things up on social media where they're, you know, oh, you're not going to believe. And then this person complained about our, our waste disposal fee. Just simply put up there, you know, maybe they were just asking because they didn't know. We got to learn to let these things go because listen, our job is more important than these little mundane things. I hope this helps you. Please check out my vetteamtraining.com. Uh, it's simple, easy to remember, vetteamtraining.com. Now there's continuing education up there. Please check it out. I'm really excited. It is one of the fastest growing CE websites out there. I'm going to have some leadership development. I'm going to have some culture-based stuff up there later on this year. Right now, uh, in March of 2023, there's a lot of medical stuff, but there's going to be more of this other culture-based stuff, leadership stuff up there for all of you. And please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts. I thank you for supporting me and keep on being the amazing unicorns that you are.